You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten podcast brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, I am Tony Catalina, alongside my guy, my right hand, Aiden Davis. And Aiden, this isn't just a regular off-season episode. We got some news. We got some things to talk about. The Combine just wrapped up. If you're listening to this on your ride, on your commute Monday morning, that means you had gone through the weekend with the Combine just like we have Aiden, what is your initial first thought takeaways of this weekend? Because I got some myself. I want Jackson Smith and Jake Moe to be a Dallas Cowboy. That's Ooh. my takeaway from this weekend. I want him at 26. And I I don't know how you felt. I felt the receivers and the receivers at the combine, none of them really wowed me. I think Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, who is a popular prospect, came in a little bit shorter than we expected ran a little bit slower than we expected. Now, I'm not putting too much weight into it, but I just felt like none of the receivers really blew me away outside of the fact that Jackson Smith and Jigma did enough for me to think, yeah, I don't, all the criticisms that he's gotten lately, I don't care. I want him to be a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, I think he did enough to ensure that we ain't going to get him. You know what I mean? That's yeah, you part, might be you right know? about that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, That's the tough part. I think he did enough for his draft stock that he's going to go before us. But my initial thought, because you're dead on with that, I don't even want to elaborate because it makes me sad to think about, you know, he's a stud. JSN is a guy that, you know, the Cowboys could use. And he's a tactician when it comes to running those routes. And I love him. But if as a whole, and correct me if I'm wrong, did it look like the cornerbacks like outshined the wide receivers a little bit? It just oh, seemed absolutely. Like, you know, yep. like and we always felt like it was. I mean, we expect that because I always believe and I and I think cornerback outside of quarterback is the toughest position to play in football. But those guys, those athletes are just freaks, man. Running in the four twos, consistent four threes, just looking fluid, looking fast, looking strong. Um, man, it was just an absolute display of freakish ability out there on uh, this weekend. Yeah, I'm. The good thing, I think this is a deep class at the positions that the Cowboys are needy in. Like we did address, we you just mentioned cornerback, and although they didn't shine at the combine, I do think this this is a deep ish wide receiver class. I don't think it has the big names that we're used to. Like obviously you have Jordan Addison, who also didn't really impress this weekend, but like you have somewhat big names, but it's just deep in terms of. There's day two, day three guys that if the Cowboys were to pick up, I think could make an impact from day one. And so I think we saw it with the exception of um, the right receivers not showing up. I think the positions that the Cowboys are needy in, I think they showed that, yeah, we got you at the combine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, 
and we obviously paid a close attention to it because we know where the holes are, right? We know that yep. this team is going to look at wide receiver, whether it be in the draft or free agency. Same thing for cornerback. I think more so in the draft, they're going to be looking at the cornerback position. So it's interesting to see how they're going to look at. We know that they have some criteria that they fall and they fall low, I should say. Um, but if you look at some of these wide receivers, there were some guys that are like impressive on tape but they just don't fit the bill height-wise, size-wise that the Cowboys typically like. But, but, you know, first thing that comes to mind is a guy like Zay Flowers or Tank Dell or, you know, there's dudes that are just like that, that the Cowboys are going to have to make a decision, right? Do they stick to what they typically do or do they try to upgrade a position with a guy that doesn't fit perfectly into their shape there? And I think there are some answers really, uh, really found out this weekend in Indianapolis for that. What What's your opinion? Do you think, Cowboys go best player available, or are you pot committed to either a cornerback or a receiver? I'm always, always going to be team best player available, but I think there's a real possibility that one of those two positions could be the best player available. You know, um, you know, cornerback is, I mean, we had a guy like Deontay Banks and his teammate, you know, um, Shakari Bennett. Like, there's there's going to be guys there that we probably weren't talking about too, too much before this led up to it. And now you got guys that are um, kind of stepping up. And, you know, we know the big names, right? As far as wide receiver, you know, Quentin Johnson, he ain't going to be there. You know, there's going to yep. be certain guys that – but how these quarterbacks play – like you mentioned in a, in a prior conversation, we had Anthony Richardson, you know, he, he moved up the board. Maybe quarter people are going to be more advantageous to go up and get these quarterbacks. They're going to bring some of the talent down. So, you know, we see that happen in the draft all the time. And I think this, this, this season may not be all that different in the sense that once 26 come, there's a real possibility that the Cowboys are going to be able to pick some guys they really like, or even trade back to kind of collect some picks and still get someone they like. Yeah, this happened in, what was that? 20 and the year we took CD 2018, 2019, 2019, I believe. Yes. 20. Was that the COVID year? Was that 2020? 1920. No. Yeah. It was 2020. It was a COVID year, right? Yeah. Was this year two for him or year three? <laughs> this was year three. Yeah. This was year three. Cause he played 20, 21, 22. Okay. Yeah. So in 2020, we saw it where the Cowboys obviously were selecting a little bit lower, but once we, once the pick actually got to us, there were five or six names where we're like, I mean, obviously everybody was screaming for CD lamb. That was clearly the right pick. Cowboys made the right pick, but there are other names. If CD lamb was off the board, there was still, I, I, Justin Jefferson was still on the board. If the Cowboys wanted him at that point at in 2020. So I think, although, yeah, the Cowboys are picking at 26, they had a successful year. What we've learned from last year and 2020 is that there's going to be some big names that can make a big impact from day one. It's we're just going to have to rely on the coaching staff to take the right player. But what I will say, the Cowboys are going offense. They're significantly better at selecting offense than they are at defense. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we talk about it as we kind of pivot to our first real topic is we're going to go over the NFL combine tracker and who the Cowboys actually met with formally or informally. And what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And it kind of shows up when you look at some of these guys here uh, right off the bat, as we go over the blog and the boys has a great tracker. They've been keeping track of here um, of some of who the people that the Cowboys met right off the bat. Aiden, I'm looking at this and I see a ton of cornerbacks, defensive backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Um, is there anything here that kind of stands out to you of who they met with? We'll go over it kind of name by name and the ones that make a lot of sense. But initially, without anybody else listening to see that, who is like kind of or something that stood out to you? Yeah, you just named it. They they didn't meet with any offensive linemen. That 
is one thing that unless I'm uh, they I did could end be... up meeting, yeah, they did end up meeting some offensive linemen. This hasn't been completely updated in that sense, okay. but but the emphasis to your point wasn't completely on the offensive line as much as it was on the other skill positions. Yeah, and I mean you talked about, but not not only not focusing on offensive line, it was they they met with a lot more defenders than I would have expected, considering I think there's two or three positions on the defense where if the Cowboys didn't draft a single player at those positions, like edge defender, I'd be fine if the Cowboys left the draft with, without taking an edge defender. I think they're they're fine there. Safety, another position where if the Cowboys left the draft without taking safety, I'd be fine there. But I, I don't really understand this emphasis on defense when that clearly was not the problem, and that is not the reason you lost to the 49ers. So why... Why aren't we pushing our chips on our offense, Jerry? Why aren't we? And maybe, granted, this is just the people they're meeting with. We could be reading too much into it. But why aren't we now focusing back to the offensive side of the ball? Well, so, you know, we have a little different take on that, which is great for content. Um, I say I'm cool with however they want to look at it for the sake of best player available, because that's truly what it is, right? If they're looking at who they think is the best player available, regardless of the side of the ball, I'm game for that. If that's, if that's what your mind is, or that's what you're looking for, I completely understand that. Cause you're right. You look at this, they didn't meet with too many defensive ends, the defensive tackles really, um, you know, at least on this list here, not too, too many, but, um, you're right. I was all in and I actually had a mock draft about it where I thought that they were going to go Nolan Smith in the first round because he was best player available. Now, I don't know if, if he's going to make it to 26 after the uh, the weekend he had and the showing he had. But um, it, it's really interesting because the, the Cowboys and Will McClay, they do a really good job of putting their board together and they do a really good job of, of taking players that make sense. I mean, they've had a lot to be blunt. They've had a lot more success than other organizations have. So yeah. I, I'm inclined to believe that they're going to do the right things. But when I look at this, right. And I look at some of these guys and we talked about it a little bit, they're going to have to make a decision because they met with a guy like Tank Dell, Zay Flowers, you know, Tyler Scott, some guys that just aren't overly big wide receivers, which is not their MO. They need people that can stretch the field, people that can run routes, people that are able to just, for a lack of a better term, get open, right? So is there anything here that you think they're going to change their philosophy in how they draft these guys? Because this is a draft that isn't big on size, but it could be big on talent and big on potential. In terms of changing their philosophy, Hmm, that's tough. I think we might see, and this would be the year that they do it. I think we might see them go with a position at a first round that we rarely, like we don't even consider positions like defensive tackle. We never really expect the Cowboys to take a defensive tackle just because we've always felt like there's bigger needs, but I don't expect them to take a defensive tackle this year, but it wouldn't be a bad move for you to just get, if the best player on your board is a defensive tackle, you have the flexibility to take a defensive tackle this year, and which would help out a running defense that struggled at times in 2022. I think they could go tight end in the first round uh, this year. What? When was the last time they took a tight end in the first round? Well, I'm so I, glad you mentioned that. Before, before my, before I was right. born, yeah. I'm just, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was actually going over some of my notes and your friend of the show, 105.3, the fan Bobby Belt, 
he put a tweet out. Um, I believe this was on Saturday. As you'll be hearing, this will be Monday. He said straight up, my sense coming out of Indy is that the Cowboys' first three picks will be corner, running back, and pass catcher, whether that's wide receiver or tight end, not necessarily in that order. And then he said an O-line could sneak in there, but I'd place a wager on those three positions being the first two days. So I don't think that's too shocking. I, but what is shocking to your point is that tight end would be thrown in there, right? Like yeah. could could they go tight end in the first round? Could they go tight end in the second round? I don't think that's something that I initially thought was possible, but it seems like it may be. I mean, if Dalton Kincaid slides to the – if he falls to 26 and Will McClay has Dalton Kincaid Dalton Kincaid high on his board. I think you could see a world where the Cowboys take tight end in the first round, which is not not a bad move. Tight end is a very valuable position in the NFL, but it's safety is another one. Safety is another position where the Cowboys haven't valued it high during the draft. And yet these are positions that matter and positions that although the Cowboys have been ignoring them, they've gotten, they've skimmed by with average to decent players over the past few years, but you haven't had a star at, I mean, you really haven't had a start defensive tackle, safety, or tight end in the last, I don't know, the, since Witten retired, I guess, would be the only, the last time you had a star at any of those positions, right? Yeah, and I agree. And, let, let me ask you this, right? And let me ask you a scenario in this draft, right? They come up, it's pick 26, and they got a tight end and a wide receiver, both available, touch and tags they value them both pretty similarly so it's really just a flavor ice cream in that scenario would you want them to go wide receiver or would you want to go to go tight end like i said the comparable prospect wise how they grade them like where would you want this team to go i'd absolutely want them to go wide receiver in that case because i think one thing that i might be higher on than the rest of the dallas cowboys community i think hendershot and ferguson are are a real dynamic duo that i have if the cowboys Tight is another position that if the Cowboys punt on in the draft, I'm fine. I'm fine riding Ferguson and Hendershot. Uh, Schultz is not going to be resigned. I uh, we know we've heard based off rumblings, there's not real. That's not going to happen. So, uh, how would you feel about Hendershot and Ferguson being the two tight ends? Because I would be a hundred percent fine with that. I've been ready for that, you know, halfway through the season, to be honest yeah. with you. I, you know, yep. I think Ferguson, Hendershot, and even our guy, Sean McCune, is is totally fine. I do 100% believe that they're going to draft a tight end at some point, but I thought it was going to be with a compensatory pick, maybe a fifth-round guy or a sixth-round guy. I don't think there is a need to to do that, but I know Mike McCarthy's calling the shots now, and he likes a dynamic, athletic, like, tight end, so maybe that moves the needle a little bit, but I think they have enough with Jake Ferguson, and we've heard it and talked about it. People around the league think Jake Ferguson's the next up, especially like a guy like Travis Kelsey yep. who even mentioned it. Yeah, I mean, it's just the difference of, like I was talking about earlier, how the Cowboys could take a tight end in the first round. That'd be a pick that I'd be a little bit disappointed in, but a pick that I could see them doing just because Jerry likes to be weird, man. Yeah, sometimes it's weird. And like, <laughs> now would you be... Now, my, <laughs> I want to talk about weird here for a second, but what if they took Gibbs out of Alabama in the first round? We talked about Bijan Robinson, but what if it was Gibbs this time instead? That would be, that'd be a Jerry move, wouldn't it? I would, I would have to take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask myself whether it's worth being a Dallas Cowboys fan at that point. When you said, when you said that, that Bobby Belt quote about the three positions they were going at were cornerback, running back, and then pass catcher, whether that be tight end or receiver. My initial reaction was, oh, no, if they take a running back in the one of the first three rounds after placing the tag on Pollard, 
after what we're hearing is that they're going to try and make it work with Zeke and he might be, he's likely going to be on the team next year. If they do all that and then take a running back with one of those first three picks, when you're a competitive team who can win now, I would, man, I'd lose it. I can't do that. I'm so glad you said that competitive team that wants to win now wouldn't necessarily make that move. But we heard Jerry who got on his bus and talked to the media contingent for 90 minutes and spoke about they're still looking to make an offensive big move. Michael Gelkin, a friend of the show, has been on the podcast with us, um, was the first one to kind of break that Jerry Jones was looking to possibly make a big fan, you know, big move on on the free agent side, whether it be draft. It, it was very nonspecific, um, but enough that you know Michael Galkin very well respected very good at his job to bring it up and mention it so I asked you kind of lean into this do you think this is just smoke or do you think there's something really there that Jerry's looking to make a big splash move on the offensive side of the ball I think he is good he's looking to make a big splash move I think that the the noise has grown too loud over these last few years with people finally like finally but people like people I think Jerry's heard enough of Hey, when are you going to do something? And I think it's finally starting to get to him. And I think he's willing to make a big move. I think his idea of a big move is different than our idea of a big move. I think like, like to him, and this would be cool, but it wouldn't necessarily be big. I think like Brandon Cooks, training for Brandon Cooks to him would be like, hey, look at this new weapon. Even though Brandon Cooks is like 30 years old at this point. Mm-hmm. I It could be something like that. So I do think that, there will be some type of move made. I don't think Jerry's going to go through another offseason where he just sits on his hands and does nothing in terms of free agency slash trades. I think something's going to happen. I just I don't think it's going to be anything that us fans are like, Jerry, you got it right. Congratulations, man. Yeah, I was talking to my friends about this, and um, we had this conversation about a big move. And I said, we move free agency so differently than other teams that a big move to us may just be a medium impact move for somebody else, right? That may be the case. But I will say there's been some rumblings within Cowboy Circles, insider talking information just buzzes that the move may be a tight end. If it's a tight end, is there anybody that you think could make a difference in that or is that something that you think is even achievable because we're so stuck in looking at wide receiver as a whole i mean i think if you're going to trade for a tight end you're or in free that agency case, yeah or free is there what's the list of free agent tight ends looking like it's a good question i think Let's uh see. yeah i think you, we might have one of the better ones so yeah i'll look it up yeah. on the talk. so i i'd be okay I don't think that's, once again, I don't think that's where you need to go. We just got done talking about it. I mean, you'd have to, in that case, especially if it's a, if it's a trade, obviously you'd have, I think you'd probably be trading Ferguson. I'm excited about the prospects of Ferguson. I'm excited about the prospects of Hendershot. I don't want to give that up. And so then you look around the tight ends in terms of who would be worth it. I mean, Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I mean, Kyle that, Pitts as a trade, that's right? Float, yeah. Who, who but, are the free agents? But as far as free agents, you know, we got Dalton Schultz, which is we already talked about. He's not coming back. But there's Mike Gusecki, Evan Ingram just got tagged or going to get tagged. Austin Hooper, Robert Tunyon, Hayden Hurst. You know, and then we're talking about old friend Jeff Swaim. So it's not like an inspiring nope. group of tight ends. You know, it just really isn't. No, that's none of those tight ends you named outside of Schultz and Evan Ingram, who, like we said, is going to get tagged. None of those are starting tight ends. So we'd be talking about a trade. And. Outside of Kyle Pitts, I don't think there's a young tight end worth trading for right now. I mean, 
like the next best young tight end might be Cole Komet, maybe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And yeah, so I, I, I just mean, don't I, think it's worth it. And, you know, we haven't mentioned the three-lettered name yet. And do you think that would constitute as a big move if the Cowboys signed OBJ? I No, I, it's not a big move to me. I mean, OBJ, we talked about this during the season. OBJ doesn't really move the needle for me, given the fact that he'll have an offseason to recover. I if, if you gave me the option of him on the team versus him not on the team, I'd take him on the team. But I just – I don't think it's – at best, I think even given what we saw of Gallup last year, he's a wide receiver three on this team. Well, think about it. Is that exactly what I just said a couple of minutes ago where that might be a big move to us, but it's medium move to everybody else? Like, you want it. You think it could help. But, like, you're trying to package us us like 2016 OBJ, 2017 OBJ. (laughs) Like, this isn't the same guy. You know what I mean? So I do think he can help. I think Michael Gallup being another, you know, few months removed from the injury could help, but I do think that we need to see somebody else step up. So if they do bring in another outside free agent wide receiver, I think they have to, I'm in on trying to figure out what Tolbert can give you. And I'm in on drafting a wide receiver either way. So I think that wide receiver room can look really different. It could look good. We just have to see what that actually looks like. And, you know, when you talk about splash moves, and that's kind of what this segment is talking about, because they're talking about a big move on the offensive side of the ball. Jerry Jones said that. Um, is there anything else that you can actually think of? Would you consider an offensive lineman a splash move? Would you Would you consider – are they thinking Tony Pollard is the splash move because they're going to slap the tag on him in all likelihood? Like, is there anything that can kind of jump off of you thinking about it in that way? I think the splash move ha- – I mean, it has to come via trade. I don't think – unless – the. Actually, there's some pretty decent linemen in this free agency class, but the linemen are also older and not anybody that you're really banging your fist on the table of, oh, we need to, like, this guy needs to be signed now or else, like, I don't know. There, It's just not, I don't think it's going to happen via free free agency. I don't think that there's any other move that would happen other, other than trade that would be, quote unquote, big in my mind. But like you said, I mean, Jerry's an odd duck and he could just be thinking maybe it's franchise tagging Tony Pollard. Maybe he thinks that's a big move. <laughs> that's, you know, but, that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> what? So give, so real quick, give me a barometer of what you consider would consider a big move and then give me your likelihood that something like that happens. Hmm. I mean, this my is big... kind of a fun exercise to gauge. What's a big move. A big move would be trading for a wide receiver. For like a one 
or you know what I mean, or a two in my mind. And who that is, I don't know. Um, Can you give me I, a name? Even if it's not realistic, give me a name yeah. of like this is Mike like Evans. Okay, there we go. You know, like even though they said Keenan Allen isn't going anywhere, like a Keenan Allen, a Mike Evans, uh, um, a Jerry Judy for like a two or three would be like a you know not medium but like a sizzling kind of low end. That's big a big move, move to me. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, I think they're going to revisit all the things we talked about. You mentioned Brandon Cooks. I think Jerry Judy's back in play. I think OBJ's in the spotlight. There's the different guys that can be had. Some of them are, you know, different tiers of big moves or media moves. But but I, I think that's what Jerry's talking about is all those things that they were talking about in December and November. I think that comes back up. I'll even say, like, I'm, I've watched how this team operates in the offseason. I'd even go as far to say like trading for a guy like a Rashad Bateman, who's like young, but has upside, but we haven't seen it yet. And he's not happy. Yeah. Not happy. Like that to me, that's a big move. Like, like what the Cardinals did last year, but trading for Hollywood Brown. DeAndre Hopkins. I forgot to mention him. That'd be a, that'd be a big move to me. Right. If he's on number two. Wow. Do you think, I mean, this is a random tangent that we is not going to happen. But do you think you could get Hopkins for the twenty six overall pick? And if I so, would it, you make it? I think somebody was saying that he could possibly be had for a two. But I, Hopkins? But I guess I think so. I think because of his contract, that you know, it's been tougher to offload it because of the contract. But I'm saying yes for a twenty six. I would give up the twenty because who are you going to get a pick twenty six that's going to have a DeAndre Hopkins type impact from day one? Yeah. I just don't know if you're going to find it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing to be worried about with Hopkins is age. But even then, I mean, what I saw from Hopkins last season is the Cardinals are a different beast when Hopkins is on the field. As, And that's one thing I think we haven't really talked about enough is Dak hasn't had a red zone weapon at receiver since Des Bryant left. Like, right. CD's, CD's okay in the red zone. Yeah, he's right. he's getting better in the red zone. But he's not the, let's just lob it up to this guy and see, like, watch him catch the ball. He's... He has his moments, but I'd love an offensive web or red zone weapon at receiver. Well, you know, for me, we've this team and I'm going to give them their flowers. They have made a lot of moves to set themselves up well in the future. But a DeAndre Hopkins move for a first round pick is a move for the now. now. Right. Make that move now. Your team is better instantly now. Understand what you have, the talent you around you, you have around you. I think that this season might have caught them a little off, you know, a little by surprise in the sense that I think they were better than they initially thought. I think that is a move that 1990s Jerry, like I said last week, would make if he can get DeAndre Hopkins in for whatever it takes, that type of player, that type of move. The Cowboys are a much better football team for doing so. Completely agree. I'm. I'm in for a big. I'm not committed to taking a player at this at with our 26 overall pick. I think the Cowboys. You just saw two straight 12 win seasons. Clearly, they can win. Just if you need to move that 26 overall pick to get a a weapon for Dak, do it. I mean, even this is a name that I wrote about. Like he's on the fringes, and it would take a lot. It would especially take Jerry. It would. It would have taken Jerry. It would, this could take him cutting bait with both Zeke and Tony Pollard and just resetting it running back because it wouldn't work financially. But a guy like T. Higgins, I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to re-sign T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow all in the same offseason. If the Bengals are shipping Higgins or trying to get the value that they can, pick up the phone. Well, I'll tell you what. 
and I'm only saying this because this is how they opened up the combine. I believe it was the general manager for the Bengals who said something to the tune of T Higgins is off the hook. I'm not in the business of giving out wide receivers that good ones get your own good one, but Fair enough. people lie. You know, we've, we've heard coaches and GMs in front of office people say, you know, Hey, this guy's off limits and they get traded a week and a half later. <laughs> so, so, Hey, listen, if it, everyone's got a price and if you understand what you got to pay him isn't something you want to do, or you can, you can't stand that you're right. I mean, shoot is shoot and you got to shoot sometimes. And I think Jerry Jones is the type of guy who has shown the ability to do it. He might have to just tap back into his old ways, um, especially with all the way they make good sound moves which is the next topic we're going to bring into where they brought in terrence Steele. that looks like and by all indications they're going to keep terrence Steele on a second round tender a restricted free agent this allows them to have him but also other teams are able to present offers contracts where if they accept and they decide to go that pattern and the cowboys want to not match it they will get a second round pick in return do you think this is a good move do you think this is the right move no, bringing back Terrence Steele is absolutely the right move. And I think the second that you re-sign, the second that Terrence Steele signs, I believe it's an offer sheet with, uh, I, anyway, the second that you have him under contract again, I'd look to extend him ASAP. Because and that's their I plan. Want, yeah, Just for okay. the record, that is okay. their plan. Perfect. Terrence Steele, I think, proved enough last season to show, I think he's the future at right tackle. Maybe he, I mean, He's not as good of a left tackle as he is a right tackle, so I don't want to shift him to left tackle ever again. I'm fine with just the Cowboys saying, yes, Terrence, so you showed us enough in 2022. You are our right tackle for the foreseeable future. You are taking the mantle of Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith will figure out what to do with him at this point. I I mean, because I I mean we'll see. My thing is is I'm I think this is a brilliant move. I think it's also a move that we expected. So I'm not going to give Jerry too many flowers for this, but for the, at least we have one win. Yeah. And I will say this, we brought up this topic. We're going to talk about Terrence Steele more specifically, but we're going to talk about the O-line as a whole here for a second. Um, Terrence Steele, by all indications, it seems everybody's telling us he's going to be ready to go for the start of training camp. So with that being said, you know, you have your right tackle there. They've already told us that Tyron Smith is in their plans for this year. So now you look at it so in the sense that left tackle. he's okay. back at left tackle, right? I mean, and and then you see what they're going to do in the draft. So that forces Tyler Smith to go inside, which if it's for a year and that's what it is, then that's what it is, right? Um, but it's very interesting how they, they handle it because they've already told us they don't speak in absolutes too often, but they pretty much said absolutely that Tyron Smith and Tony Pollard are going to be back. And by all indications, that kind of looks like it's way it's going to handle out. So Terrence Steele, you know, signing the contract, that's going to be awesome. We get him in here long-term. Perfect. Tyron Smith on his number, which they said they may look to reconstruct, isn't as cute or good looking as a swing tackle at that number. So, yeah. you know, do you see any type of world where, you know, Tyron Smith isn't the starting left tackle week one, barring injury. I mean, you can't pay. I. It's tough because I thirteen point six million. By the way, thirteen point six million. Um, yeah. You know what? If you can find a better left tackle, I'm willing to replace Tyron Smith. And I mean, I guess let him be the swing tackle at that point. But I don't want the Cowboys to keep falling in this trap of, oh, well, we paid the guy. Now we have to start him, even though he's the better, even though he's not as good of a player. We saw this with Zeke for a year. Like, I would argue that 
starting in 2020, Tony Pollard should have been the RB1 moving forward. And we shouldn't have even messed around with letting Tony Pollard be the fringe. You'll get your touches when you get your touches, but Zeke's the guy. If you're, it doesn't matter how much you're paying a player, let the best best player wins. I, so if you can find a better left tackle than Tyron Smith by next season, let him start a left tackle. But I just don't think you can because if you're not going to invest during the draft, if I don't think you're going to really invest during free, free agency given the cap situation. So he's locked in. Let me ask you this then. So this is a, a thought I just had in my head here. Um, what if Tyron Smith, that left tackle, and Tyler Smith, that left guard, is their version of winning right now, right? Like they know that Tyler Smith is their long-term left tackle. And, you know, after this year, it may be a little more advantageous to get rid of Tyron Smith where he's not going to be in their future plans. You kind of move forward. And then you couple that with the fact of, I don't know if this guard draft is very like deep. I, I don't know if people love it. I don't know how they feel about it, but I know it's not very top heavy. So what if they say, look at what we have in house now, understanding that we don't love what's out there in the draft. And as we constructed, we can have one through five veteran guys that we trust. Tyler Smith has proven the ability to go inside. Tyron Smith is the guy we know that can play left tackle, but there is some position flex there. Um, Do you think that a, that may be their thought process and B, do you think that is in, in return a now win now type of move? I'll believe it's a win now move. If they sign another left tackle or just, some positional flex tackle. Like I don't who's think the swing on roster now. Do you think it's well, let's go. I, I, yeah, probably right. Unless. No, I'm, pa- I'm, I'm yeah. bullish on Moet, Matt. Well, let's go. I don't know if Josh I want to see him. Yeah. Josh, Josh Ball's Ball not is, the guy. Yeah. He's not in the, he's not in the equation for me at all, yeah. but I think, well, let's go. Is there's intrigue there, but I don't love or want to necessarily see him this year. And that's the thing. I, we're going to see, I mean, fingers crossed. I I'm hoping for the best for Tyron Smith. You we're gonna it. see Matt Lewetsko yeah. if yeah, we're gonna see you Matt Lewetsko if you walk in. If he's your swing tackle starting the season, Matt Lewetsko will be starting at least two to three weeks during the regular season, possibly half the season or more. So I don't believe I'm not gonna believe Jerry Jones if he says this is this is our win now strategy unless he prepares for the inevitable in that Tyron Smith's gonna get injured. Now, if he does that by addressing a decent maybe we're talking about like a five six seven million swing tackle in free agency then i'll say yeah okay jerry jerry's in win now mode he sees that this offensive line he's at least has a backup plan for tyron smith i'll believe that but i'm not going to believe it if this is what he walks in the next season with because that is a jerry you're not stupid you know tyron smith's going to get injured at some point but what if, if their mind, right? I said it last year. What if in their mind, their idea that the swing tackle is Tyler Smith, right? And that way, they just need to have somebody that's a guard, so to speak. Where if Tyler Smith, if Tyron Smith gets hurt, Tyler Smith just kicks back the left tackle, they insert a left guard. I think it's a lot easier to to fill a left guard hole than it is to fill a left tackle hole, and they know Tyler Smith is that guy if need be. Yeah, but I mean, Tyler, Tyler Smith's so young. You got you can't keep yanking him around like this. You have to I make agree. a decision. Yeah, I agree. I, you can't like let him train at one position year in and year out. Otherwise, he's going to get to you're going to get to year four, year five, year six. And you're not re- going to really know what lineman he is. And he's going to be OK at both positions, but not great at either. So in this scenario, do is Connor McGovern still on the team? 
I don't think he is. And that's where I think like the guard position is interesting because they may not love who they can get at guard early on enough to plug and play somebody, but they may like somebody enough in the middle of rounds to develop who could come in and be a swing type of guard situation if they had to. Plus Matt Farniak is there, right? So Farniak could also slide in. um, And however you feel about that, he's got guard center kind of flexibility there. But it's interesting to see exactly how the offensive line is going to shake out because we're so fixated on who's going to be the tight ends, you know, who's going to be the running backs. Well, what's the wide receiver room going to look like? It all starts up front. <laughs> and if, if Dak Prescott is running for his life, it really won't matter who else is out there. Question. And this will tie, well, I guess this ties back into the conversation we had at the beginning of the episode. Cowboys take a, a tackle with the 26 overall pick. How are you feeling? If it's best player available, I'm okay with it. I I, just, I don't know if it's necessarily a right now type of move, and that's the interesting yeah. thing about best player available. But I was, admittedly, I've you know openly I've been eating crow about it all year. Was down on Tyler Smith this pick in the first round, and he's he's proven me wrong, and he's proven a lot of people wrong. So if that's what they go, they know we know this team can develop offensive line. So I guess I wouldn't hate it too too much. How about yourself? I mean. We just saw the Eagles ride the a great offensive line right to a Super Bowl. The issue is, is the Eagles also have weapons, and what we've learned from, I mean, what we learned from, I guess it would be 2018, 2019, is that even if Dak's behind a good offensive line, he needs weapons to throw to. And so, yeah, I wouldn't love the pick. I obviously want a receiver. The receivers are pressing need, more of a pressing need than offensive line, but I mean, if they can find another way to address a receiver position, I don't hate the fact of just completely reloading the offensive line. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, there's enough holes on this team, enough question marks on this team to get us to be able to talk about them and nauseam, right? And it's enough things for this team to try to figure out and and try to find a recipe to win. Um, But, you know, as we wrap up and kind of finish this episode, is there anything else you want to get off your chest? Any last thoughts? Anything that Aiden Davis will not be able to sleep if you don't say it right now? I'm still in on Jalen Hyatt. I know he had a bad combine and I know a lot of people are down on him right now. But if we can, I think Jalen Hyatt might get to the point where you can take him with a second round pick. I'm in on that. And, you know, it's funny not to knock the kid. Because I agree. And when I thought when I thought about and said to you on, you know, our pre-show, um, I think people too much put too much value in the combine instead of just looking at the tape. He was kind of the guy I was thinking about. They're like, oh, my yeah. God, he ran a four, four instead of a four, <laughs> three. And it's like, bro, look at the tape. Look what he does. Well, a lot of people he was in my first mock as pick two, five, eight. Right. So he was the second selection in the draft for me. And the first comment was, this is unbelievably unrealistic. It's not going to happen. I think people start to come down to earth and Jalen Hyatt may eventually be there in the two, you know, second round for us. And I think that would be an outstanding pick for the Dallas Cowboys. So um, I'm all in on it. I think Hyatt is a quality football player, but that is it. That is all for the first and 10 podcast. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in brought to you by blogging the boys powered by SB nation. I am Tony Catalina. And of course, Aiden Davis. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we will talk next week. Peace.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.